morning, Rethink Life, and Happy New Year. You guys doing good? All right, all right. Hey, do me a favor and give those that are watching us right now a warm round of applause and thank them for being a part of our experience. And we say warm, we mean warm. It's been a little chilly out there for us Floridians for the last few days. But, man, it's great to be back in the house of God and just excited for this new calendar year of 2018. And um, I just want to say right up front, I really, really need your prayers. I'm under the weather, just got the crud that so many other people are struggling with, and I uh, literally lost my voice a few moments ago in our first service out at Lake Nona, and it's starting to come back a little bit, but, um, but anyway, I'll try not to yell too loud, all right? But it's so good to see all of you, and uh, personally, this has been a, uh, a year that I've just been uh, excited and really just looking forward with great anticipation of what God wants to do uh, in and through my life, in and through our church, and I'm praying that for you, and that's the reason why today is day one of our 21 days of prayer and fasting, and I'll unpack that a little bit more in just a second, but I really do pray that you'll just enjoy the journey of this year of 2018 and all that God has in store for our lives. Well, uh, before I dive into today's message, I just want to give a little shout of praise for what God did over the course of our uh, six services that we had for uh, Christmas Eve, and uh, at the end of the day, out of all that we did, we have 49 people that gave their lives to Jesus Christ, amen? And uh, I just want to say thank you to uh, our dream team and everybody who just went above and beyond to serve and to make a difference, and we just appreciate our dream team. And if you're not a part of our dream team, uh, I really do hope and pray that this year will be that year, and you'll take that next step, you'll find a place, and you'll begin making a difference in whatever team that might be. And Growth Track is, of course, the place to do that, and so we hope you'll take advantage of that. And day one of Growth Track starts today, so it's going to be an awesome experience. Well, I don't know how many of you may have seen on social media or maybe even in the news that made headline news uh, in, in, in different parts of the country, but on uh, December the 27th, the, um, the supermodel, <laughs> a lady by the name of Chrissy Teigen, and her husband, uh, who is the singer-songwriter John Legend, they were on a flight that departed from Los Angeles, California, to Tokyo, Japan, and so here... Uh, they were excited about getting on this flight, taking off, and along with 220 other people that boarded this flight, so it's, it was supposed to be about an eight-and-a-half-hour flight, and uh, about halfway there, about four-and-a-half hours in the, into the flight, uh, the airlines discovered that there was, an, there was an unauthorized passenger on board. Well, rather than the airlines continuing on to Tokyo, and dealing with the details once they got there, the airlines directed the pilots to literally do a U-turn. I think we have a picture, an image of the actual flight pattern that they took. They literally did a U-turn over the Pacific Ocean, and the airlines redirected the plane back to LAX, where it originally took off. And so after the plane landed, of course, they were uh, talking with um, this, this, this girl, Chrissy Teigen, and, and John Legend, and they interviewed some of the other passengers. And basically what they were saying was is that this was an eight-and-a-half-hour experience. It was a flight that led to nowhere. And I thought to myself, man, that's a picture of so many people as it relates to how they live their lives. You know, when you think about it, we all have good intentions. And unfortunately, even from this time last year, 2017, there were a lot of people who had high hopes and aspirations and goals and 
and all of these things that they wanted to achieve. But the question is, is did we actually achieve those things or was it perhaps just another year from your perspective that really went nowhere? I love what Andy Stanley says. Everybody ends up somewhere, but few people end up somewhere on purpose. And so my prayer for you is that 2018 will be a, a year of intentionality. It will be a year where God redirects some things in your life so that you can ultimately experience his goodness and you can experience the, the desires of your heart, that you'll experience everything that God has for you. So here's what I want to invite you to do. I want to invite you to join me, and to join our staff and to join the church at large on a journey. And it really starts today, as I stated, it's a 21-day prayer and fasting experience, but the journey goes beyond these 21 days. This is the opportunity where we lay the foundation. But I want to invite you to take this journey, in other words, give us this year of 2018. Give God 2018, and watch what God will do. I want to encourage you to go all in with it. I mean, be everything that God is capable of of accomplishing in and through you. Just be everything that God wants you to be this year. And I promise you, if you'll do that, everything that I believe that matters to you, you'll see it come to fruition. I, I want to give you a book. Um, it's a book that I read a couple of years ago, and it's an awesome book um, by the name of, uh, of in the Intentional Living. That's the title of the book, Intentional Living. And uh, the author's name is John Maxwell. I'm sure many of you probably have familiar with John C. Maxwell, he's written uh, all kinds of great leadership books and you know, numerous uh, New York Times bestselling books. But this one called Intentional Living is a powerful book. And he gives an image, a visual, in this particular book where basically he holds up an arm and the arm basically represents a hill. And here's the statement that he makes. Everything worthwhile in life is uphill. How many of you agree with that? Think about it. Everything worthwhile is uphill. It doesn't come easy. He says it another way. The road to the next level is always uphill. There's just nothing that comes easy in life. All the things that are truly worthwhile, worth pursuing, worth experiencing, listen, there's sacrifice involved. It's, it's difficult. There are, there are hardships along the way. Everything worthwhile is uphill. So here's the thing. If you're taking notes, I would encourage you to jot down this key thought because this is really the heart behind the message. And this is really where we're going over the next few weeks as we unpack this in this series called Redirection. Because God wants to redirect some things in our lives and specifically habits in our lives. So here's the thing. Everything worthwhile in our lives is uphill. We all have uphill hopes. But the problem is, and the challenge is, we have downhill habits. We have uphill hopes, but we have downhill habits. In other words, the day-to-day -day choices, the habits, the disciplines in our lives may not necessarily line up with our uphill aspirations, goals, and dreams. You know what I'm saying? And so... It's easier said than done. We all want the uphill desires and goals to come to, to fruition, but we have to change something. 
Something has to change when it comes to the day-to-day disciplines and habits of our lives if we're going to achieve those things that are truly worthwhile. It's been said as it relates to habits, we form habits, but over time our habits form us. Aristotle says it this way, we are what we repeatedly do. So if we want to have different results this year of 2018, then there are some habits, some new habits that we're going to have to implement in our lives in order to achieve those lofty goals and aspirations, the things that are truly worthwhile, whether it's a stronger, better, more fulfilling marriage relationship, which, by the way, is why we're doing the marriage conference in February, is we want to come alongside and encourage and equip and strengthen marriage relationships. So I want to encourage you to sign up for that. But here's the thing. It might be for you, your career path. It could be just stronger, healthier, better relationships that are Christ-centered. Maybe for you, there's just some health things that you want to see, you know, come to fruition in your life. But here's the thing I want want to encourage you to do. All of those things, they have to be revisited when it comes to the day-to-day habits or disciplines that are going to help us actually get there. So here are three things that you're going to need. If you, if you choose to take this journey with us, and again, I hope you'll go all in, that you'll give us this year of 2018 and let God do what only he can do in and through your life. But here are three things you're going to need. If you're taking notes, jot this down. Number one is we need hope for the future. We need hope for the future. You know, what, what, what's sad is that many people have lost hope. Maybe because of failures or setbacks or unexpected things that came against them, you know, in the previous year. A lot of times that's kind of taken the wind out of their sail. Maybe they're not quite as enthusiastic or optimistic about this calendar year because of what happened this past year. And like I said, maybe you've lost hope in your marriage. You've lost hope in your career. Maybe your current job situation. You've lost hope in some financial challenges that maybe you've experienced. Maybe you've lost hope with maybe some some health setbacks in your life. But can I just give you two words? (laughs) But God. But God. Yeah, you may have had some challenges or setbacks in your marriage, but God can turn things around. Amen? Yeah, maybe you've had some setbacks or disappointments as far as the job situation or maybe the career path that you've been on, but God can give you the desires of your heart. God can open up new doors of opportunity. Maybe you've had some health issues and some setbacks that that maybe you never saw coming in your life, but God, Jehovah Rapha, he can bring about new healing in your life. So whatever you do, don't give up hope. Don't throw on the towel. we got to have hope for our future. Jeremiah 29, verse 11 says it this way. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, but plans to give you a what? Say it out loud. A hope and a future. So God wants to give you a hope and a future. And that's his plan and that's his purpose for you. So the first thing we need in this journey is we need hope for the future. The second thing we need is we need forgiveness from the past. We need forgiveness from the past. I got some good news for you. You ready for this? Yesterday ended last night. Isn't that awesome? Yesterday ended last night. And here's some better news. Tomorrow's page is completely blank. That means right now, right here in this place, we have a brand new beginning. We have a fresh start. We get a, we get a mulligan. We get a do-over. That's awesome to know. It's encouraging to know that we are not our past. 
Did you get that? We're not our past. Man, we serve a God of new beginnings. Yesterday ended last night. And for some of us, we need to let go of yesterday. We need to shut the door on yesterday once and for all. That's one of the reasons why we have life groups. You cannot, you cannot go through life alone. You need people in your life to support you and encourage you and help you along the way. But here's the thing, we got to forget the past. I, I, you know, I've read some books, I've gone through different um, groups through the years that um, really gave exposure to like recovery issues. For example, like um, people maybe have gone through various addictions or things that maybe they have just kind of been in bondage to. Um, one of the things that's very popular among some of these recovery groups is something that's called My Life in Five Chapters. Maybe you've heard it before, but it goes like this. Chapter one, I went for a walk and I fell into a deep, dark hole and it took me a long time to get out. Chapter number two, I went for a walk and fell into the same deep, dark hole and it took me a long time to get out. Chapter number three, I went for a walk. This time I saw the hole, but I got a little too close and I fell into that same deep, dark hole and it took me a long time to get out. Chapter number four, I went for a walk. I saw the hole, but this time I decided to walk around the hole. Chapter number five, I went for a walk, but this time I went down a different street. And I think for a lot of us, we need to learn from our past. We need to learn lessons that God is trying to teach us so that we don't go back and fall into the same pit. We don't go back and repeat the same dysfunctional patterns that got us in the hole in the first place. A lot of us, we like to flirt too, too, we get too close. We like to flirt with all the things that the enemy uses to sabotage our lives. God is wanting to redirect our paths. He's wanting to get us on a completely different street so that he can take us where he really longs for us to go. So if we're going to be successful in this journey, we've got to have hope for our future. We've got to have forgiveness for our past. And Paul said it this way in Philippians 3, 13 and 14. He said, he said, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of all this, but there's one thing I do. What did he say? He said, forgetting the past, I leave what's behind, and I strain toward what is ahead. In other words, there's a redirection in my life. And he goes on to say, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. So we have to have hope for the future. We have to have forgiveness for our past. And that the third thing we're going to need, and that is the formation of uphill habits. The formation of uphill habits. Notice, I didn't say the word new. It's the formation of uphill habits. And the reason why I say uphill, because they're hard. You see, if they were easy, everybody would be doing them, wouldn't they? It's hard. There's sacrifice. There's commitment involved. And so we have to restructure and redirect some things. And those things that I'm talking about are the habits in our lives. Because we can have uphill hopes, but the downhill habits is what sabotages our hopes and our aspirations. So here's one big habit, and the most important habit, because it really sets the tone for everything else. If you're taking notes, I really... Hope you jot this down, and that is habit number one, focus on what I do first. Focus on what I do first. Now, why is that so important? 
I could follow you around for the first, you know, 48 hours of your life. In fact, this week, I could just follow you around. You could follow me around. We could learn a lot about each other when it comes to the things that we do first in our day. Think about that. What is it that you do first? The first of every day. Whatever those first things are sets the tone, sets the precedence, lays the foundation for the rest of your day. Chances are the rest of your week. And so if we keep repeating that, those where, that's where the, the downhill habits come in if we're not putting God first in our lives. So the only way that we can have really the important habits, the uphill habits and the formation of those uphill habits that are going to allow us to actually achieve all that God has for us, then we've got to understand the most important thing is to focus on what we do first. And here's how you do it. Number one, if you're taking notes, is this. We have to put God first. I'm stating the obvious, I realize that, but you'd be amazed at how many of us take off running without putting God first. We have good intentions, but at the end of the day, if God is not first, then he's chances are he's not anywhere in the context of the rest of our day. Because there are too many other things that compete. There are too many other distractions. And the enemy uses those things to ultimately allow day after day after day to go by when we have yet to put God first. So if we're going to form those uphill habits, the first thing we've got to do is we've got to put God first. Why is that? Because God is a God of first. There's something powerful about what you put first. It demonstrates your priorities. It demonstrates what you hold near and dear in terms of your values. And so you've got to understand that putting God first is saying, I'm putting God first in my life above everything else. I like to say it this way. If God is in your life, but he's not first in your life, chances are he's not really in your life. If God is on your list, but he's not first on your list, chances are he's not really on your list. You see, it's putting God first above anything and everything else. Why is that so important? Because once, once again, God is a God of first. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, what does the Bible say? In the beginning, what? God. God was before all things. And what you've got to realize is that in the beginning, God. What would it look like if we lived every day of our lives with that kind of mindset? In the beginning, God. God is first in my marriage. God is first in the choices that I make. God is first in my finances. God is first in my relationships. God is first with my time. God is first with my thoughts. God is first. God wants to be first in our lives. I love what the scripture teaches us uh, when it comes to the to the Ten Commandments. You know, we, we're all familiar with the Ten Commandments. But when you think about the order of the Ten Commandments, where, what did God put first as the, as the first Ten Commandments? What did he say in Exodus 20, verse, verses 1 through 3? He said, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt and out of slavery. You shall have no other Little g, gods before me. 
lives. In essence, what he is saying is, is I don't want to just be a part of your life. I want to be your life. I don't want to be just a slice of the pie and all the other things you got going on. I want to be the whole pie. You say, well, well, man, that, that, that seems a little over the top. I mean, why, why does God want to be, you know, first of everything in my life? And the reason why is because he created you. And not only did he create you, but listen, you were made by God and for God. And life will never make sense until you understand that you were made for a purpose. And you'll never find fulfillment. You will never, ever have the true, deep satisfaction and fulfillment and sense of purpose in your life until you understand that God is the one that your life ultimately revolves around. And so it's important for us to realize when we form these uphill habits, these new habits in our lives, we got to put God first. The second thing is this. And by the way, can I just say this? God always models what he expects. He always models what he expects. God so loved the world that he did what? He gave his one and only son. So God took the first step. He initiated his love first towards you and me. Even though we sinned, we messed up, we dropped the ball God demonstrated first how much he loved us by giving his one and only son. And so God is a God of first. The second thing is give God the first of everything. So in order for us to, to you know, when it comes to, to, to the things that we do first, we put God first, but then we give him the first of everything. Notice what Leviticus 27 verse 30 says. A tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. I want to pause here for a second. It says a tithe of everything. What's a tithe? Well, that's 10%. That's what the word tithe means. And so often in our minds, we think, oh, well, he's talking about money. Well, that, that obviously has to do, in the context, that has to do with money. But God is saying, I want a tithe of everything. Not, not just your money. No, God is saying, I want a tithe of everything. Why? Because God wants to be first place in your life. And he says, if you will give me the first of everything, the first of your time, the first of your your thoughts, the first of your decisions, if you'll put me first, the first in your career, the first in your relationships, first in your marriage, if you'll give me the first of everything, God says, I'm going to take care of you. God says, I'm going to allow you to be able to achieve those uphill aspirations. Everything that is worthwhile and meaningful in my life. Now, I want to give you something very practical to help you achieve that. So if you're taking some notes, I would encourage you to jot these down. The first is this. Back in Deuteronomy 14, verse 23, it says, The purpose of tithing is to always teach us to put God first. So, again, the motivation behind it is to say, God, you're first place in my life. So how do I do that in a very practical way? Well, here's how you do it. You put, you put him first of your year. So here we are at the beginning of a brand new calendar year, 2018. And I want to encourage you and challenge you to put him first right here at the beginning of the calendar year. How do we do that? We do that as a church corporately. Um, every January and every August, we always kick off. Um, kind of those new beginnings, if you will, uh, with 21 days of prayer. But in January, we always add fasting to it. So starting today, we're, today's day one, is 21 days of prayer and 
fasting. You say, well, what's the difference between a fast and a diet? Is that really what it's all about? Is just kind of losing weight? Listen, a diet will change the way you look. Fasting is about changing the way you see. So if you really want to see clearly, if you want to see things from God's point of view, if you want to see and hear and understand the heart of God, then that's what, pers- that's what fasting will help accomplish. It, it's basically doing without so that our complete dependency and focus is on God. And here's something I want to share with you about fasting. Because a lot of people are intimidated by that. They hear that and they think, well, man, that's, that's, you know, that's for like you know, a bunch of monks and priests and pastors. You know what I mean? That's, like, that's for like those like really far out spiritual people. No, that's for you and me. And I think one of the reasons why a lot of people are intimidated by fasting is because they don't really understand fasting. And um, let me just share with you that there are different kinds of fast, and they're all they're all scripture. They're all scriptural. They're all they're all okay. They're all good. We have to determine ultimately which one makes sense for us. So there are basically four kinds of fasting the Bible talks about. And the first is referred to as a complete fast. Now, that's pretty hardcore because a complete fast is basically what you're doing without any kind of food. It's basically a liquid diet um, that you're on for a given duration of time. Obviously, in our case, it's 21 days, and some people choose to do that. It's a complete fast. And so that's where, once again, you're just locked in on God. You're focusing on God, depending upon God. And I would encourage you, if you've never done that before, make sure you consult with your doctor first. Uh, because you obviously don't want to put yourself in any kind of physical harm's way by trying to be super spiritual here. Say, yeah, I'm going I'm, 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 I'm to drink water for 21 days. Look at me. Well, that may not be the wisest thing for you to do. But if, but if you get the green light and your doctor says you're good to do that, then that's between you and the Lord. But I want to encourage you um, to think about the kind of fast. So there's a complete fast, and then there's another kind of fast the Bible talks about. And that is what is referred to as a selective fast. Now, selective fast um, might be just things that are very selective when it comes to your diet. For example, one of the most popular would be referred to as a Daniel fast. How many of you ever heard of the Daniel fast before? Daniel fast basically means you're doing without uh, sweets, you're doing without bread, and you're doing without meat. And so uh, what you're doing is you're being very selective in your diet. And so one of the things that we have to do is we have to say, you know what, I am, I'm, I'm choosing not to partake in these kinds of foods, but instead I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really focus in on God and depend upon Him in my weakness and in, in, in all the things that are going to come along that are going to try to tempt me. But this is what I'm doing to really completely sell out to God so that I can really see clearly and hear clearly what it is that God wants for me this calendar year. And then there's, there's what is referred to as a partial fast. Now, a partial fast is basically uh, you can eat anything you want. But at the same time, throughout the given uh, course of your day, maybe what you're doing is you're saying, you know, I'm going to eat breakfast and I'm going to eat dinner and I'm going to skip lunch. Uh, maybe there are just certain things that you're not going to participate in, but it's kind of a partial fast. And then the last is what I call a soul fast. This is where you might you may just want to do away with maybe social media for 21 days. You're just getting away from maybe certain distractions or things that are tempting to you that are going to compete with your mind, compete with your thoughts, and you know, and your attitude and your emotions. 
Whatever those things are, the enemy uses to serve as a distraction. You're saying, you know what? I want to protect my soul. What did Solomon say? Above all else, guard your heart. And so maybe over the course of these 21 days, we're saying, you know what? I'm going to commit to prayer, but I'm also going to commit to fasting. I'm going to do without something so that I can really focus in on God. So here's what I want to encourage you to do. Think about the 21 days of prayer and fasting, and I want to encourage you to take it one step further. I want to encourage you to go to our website and just go to RethinkLife.com forward slash 21 days. And I want to encourage you, whether you choose to fast or not, I want to encourage you to at least take the journey of prayer with us. And we've put together a 21-day prayer journal. It's called God Dreams. And it's throughout the life of Joseph. And so over the course of 21 days, we're going to, uh, in, the, in the little prayer journal there that we have online, in fact, I think we have some printed copies available if you want out at the info bar. But it's all spelled out for you. There's questions there about uh, prayer and fasting. There's also, um, you know, little scripture reading uh, segments that you can read. But most importantly, it's a path for you to follow over the course of these 21 days. And we're doing it all together. And then here's the amazing thing that we're doing corporately as a church. So that's what you do individually. But starting tomorrow... Starting tomorrow at 12 noon, we're leveraging social media. And so rather than meeting up here early at 6 a.m., what we're doing starting tomorrow, every weekday at 12 noon, we're going to be going Facebook Live and we're going on Instagram Live. So whichever one of those uh, social media uh, channels you prefer, uh, it's either Facebook Live or Instagram Live. Just follow us. If you don't follow us, make sure you do that. But here's what I'm going to encourage you to do. Join us. Because at 12 noon, for about five minutes, we're going to have an opportunity to just speak a word of encouragement. We're going to have a prayer focus for the day. We're going to take just a moment and pray. And so I'll be leading that tomorrow at 12 noon. So you can follow uh, us there on our, on our um, Rethink Life Facebook page or through the Rethink Life Instagram handle. So let me encourage you to do that. 21 days. You got it? That's how we can commit the first of our year to God. And then secondly, here's the other thing I want to challenge you to do, and that is commit the first of your month to God. You say, how do I do that? Two things I encourage you to do. Number one, use the first of each month for scheduling and use the first of each month for budgeting. So, so important. Scheduling and budgeting. Michelle and I just went through this exercise when we were in Dallas uh, with my in-laws, and we went through the whole Dave Ramsey process and it's something we're committed to this year on the first of every month. Uh, we're just going to look at our schedule and we're going to look at our finances. And we want to make sure are the commitments that we are committed to, are they consistent with what we say is important to us? And so it's so important. And that's where we have an opportunity to kind of track our progress throughout the calendar year where we get together on the first Every month and review our schedule and we review our budgeting. And that's where Michelle and I, you know, we, we set up just the way we give unto the Lord. We do it digitally because it's easiest for us. But it's also a way for us on a monthly basis. We review where we are and, and we ask the question, can we give more? What can we do to, 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 to help in other areas above and beyond? And the, the third thing is this, the first of my week. So we're giving God the first of our year, we're giving God the first of our month, and then we're giving God the first of our week. 
And congratulations, you're doing that today because you're in the house of the Lord. And so let me just encourage you to make it a priority to be here. God inhabits the praises of his people. God wants you to experience all of him, his fullness. And it's more than just showing up on Sunday morning. It's being a part of the journey that God has for you. And I promise you, if you'll commit to being a part of a life group, you'll commit to being a part of, of whatever dream team where you're serving in some capacity, what that does it is allows you to be able to find fulfillment in the ministry that's making an eternal difference in the lives of people. So how do we give God the first of everything? We're giving the first of our year. We're giving the first of our month. We're giving the first of our week. And then we're giving the first of our day. Giving the first of our day. Giving the first 15. What's the first 15? Five minutes in the word. Five minutes in prayer. Maybe five minutes in worship. For me, I just started a, a one-year Bible that um, it's, it's, a, it's a new um, format that I'm actually using this year. I went through it about five years ago, and I'm picking it back up. It's called the Daily Walk Bible. And I just encourage you to find that reading plan. Start by using the one that we've provided there online and commit the first 15 minutes of your day unto the Lord. So here's the thing. We have to learn... If we're going to achieve everything that God has in store for us, remember, everything worthwhile is what? It's uphill. It doesn't come easy. The problem is, the challenge is, is our downhill habits. So what we have to do is we have to change our habits. We have to redirect our habits. How do we do that? We do that by what we do first. It's focusing in on what we do first. We put God first. We give him the first of everything. And then the last thing, and I'll close in prayer with this, and that is to expect God to bless the rest. To expect God to bless the rest. I love how Jesus framed that. In, in Matthew 6, 33, he said, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and how much? All these things will be given to you as well. When we give God our first and we give him our best, he always blesses the rest. Why? Because God loves the reward, obedience. He rewards obedience. But God cannot and he will not bless unblessable behavior. So everything worthwhile is uphill. But our downhill habits could be the very thing the enemy uses to sabotage everything that we want to see God do in our lives this year. So let's make a commitment to redirect those habits so that we can achieve those things that God has in store for us. You guys receive that this morning? Let's bow our heads together in prayer.